Shavua Tov, everyone. Thank you for coming, everybody. Shekoach Gadol. We're learning the month of Tevet. The month is sponsored by Elon and Jenny Englenoff, Lilui Nishmat, Avram Chai Ben Yosef. Shemun Zichon Livrocha. It's so beautiful to see the week. So many, so many dedications here. Asherichem. It really warms the heart to see so many people uh, excited to participate in, in learning. It's, it's beautiful. By Danielle and Avi Robinson, in memory of Avi, Avi's father, Moshe Nachum Ben... Yaakov Echana Liba, Zichon Levracha. By Sarah Gold, in memory of Tchia Shirel Shimona, Bad Baruch Halevi Vesara, on her sixth yard, on her sixth yard site. And for the Rufuas Anefesh Ve'aguv of Chavi Yechevet Hadas, Bad Sarah Shetichia. By Avram and Miriam Doish, Lilin Ishmas Menachem Ben Shmuel Eliezer Ve'liba. By Jill and Robert Kaufman, and Michal and Hanan Shaul, memory of Tamar Bat Moshe, and Azriel Ben Arye. And by Baruch uh, by Brent Eisen and family, in memory of Chaim Aaron ben Benyam and Akoyen, and also for Meira's grandson, Michael ben Shoshana. Whose who's son is this? Whose child is this? Yitzi's daughter, daddy. Okay, she have a refuah shleimah, Okay, we're starting, a new, we're starting a new chapter this week. We're starting the next shlav in this beautiful, uh, in this beautiful uh, mahalach that we're in, and it's a beautiful... Topic, Lev Chadash. We're ready to receive a new heart. We're ready for a Lev Chadash. And from the, the pages that you have, we're going to start from Daf Kuf Vav. I'm just going to quickly um, recap, which is really the first two pages that you have on Kuf Yud Aleph, the first few pages, Kuf Yud Aleph, Kuf Yud Bet, Kuf Yud Gimel. You know, what we're, what we're going to be speaking about today, after understanding that we're at the Shlav, at the second, we're in this, Transition period of the second shlav of redemption, the second level of redemption, which has to do with komat haneshama, this le- next level of, of kumimiyut, of getting up and realizing that we can't continue here with what's going on here, with the whole enterprise, with this whole mahalach of, of geulah, of coming back home, of building the land, building the country. We cannot move, we won't be able to move forward unless we address that it's all about a spiritual revolution right now. And we've, we've said this many times, and until we really call it out for what it is and understand that that is the avodah right now, it's a spiritual revolution throughout the country. It's not building, we've, we've seen already, building more iron domes and blocks and all those things are not advancing us anywhere. They're, they're making us go backwards. We're, they're making us actually go backwards. And now, the mahalach that we're in right now is the komata neshama, is the neshama, is the soul, saying right now, to complete and really, I would almost say, justify all the work that was done for 75 years, it's now a matter of addressing the shechina. Now it's, now, that's, that's where we're at now, addressing the shechina. And in this parak that we have right now, we're going to see how could we do a ziruz. Ziruz means how could we how could we make things go a little bit faster? Lizarez to make things go faster. How do we get things to like kind of like yalla? Let's 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 move forward. Let things go faster a little bit. And those of that have the safer, just you could follow me on Daf Kufir Aleph, the second paragraph, where he says that the talicha geulau kmo talichit patchut shel yeled. Redemption is like the development process of a child. So each kid, it's always so interesting whenever someone comes and sees the kids after, you know, a little bit of time, oh my God, they got so big. Like, when do people stop saying that after they didn't see people for a while? It's actually like a really, you know, it's not such a nice thing. Oh my God, you got so big. If you're like, you're already... It stops, yeah. When, so all those things... <laughs> right. All those things stop. At a certain point, but when a kid is growing, there's itpatchut, there's a development. First, the beginning of the development, the growth is, is physical. Afterwards, the senses are what developed more. And then this level of das, of like, of knowledge and machshava, begin to emerge. And after all that, he says, Only after all of that, then ratzon, you actually begin to understand, you actually begin to understand what you really want. So I want to go like this again. I want you to follow me. This is very important. 
the beginning, he says, Geula is like, the, is, like any, is like the development of a human being. Begins with the child is born, and then it starts to grow a lot. Like most of us don't really look that different from a certain age and on. We, we kind of more or less look the same. But a child is always evolving and changing. After that, after a while, then what happens, he says, emotions and senses and feelings start to be developed. After that, I begin, I begin to attain a level of da'at, of machshava, of thoughts, of knowledge. And after all of that, mofia haratzon ha'amok. Then I begin to, what appears in me is, what, do, what is it that I actually really want? Now that I have a body, I have feelings, I have emotions, I have thoughts that are constantly going in and out of my mind. Now, haratzon ha'amok. The actual ratzon that we, that we want only after that you say, you come to the notion of, well, this is actually what I really want from life. This is actually what I really want. My destination, my purpose. This is called This is the point of soul and light. The next page on Kuf Yudbet, now we begin to see that it's usually adults they're the ones that keep on... This is where they get stuck. This is where it doesn't move forward so much. Davka anashim vugarim sovevim b'tzura amuka sviv she'elat hazehut v'hayehud ha'atzmi. Davka, it's like, you know, children, people that are at an older age, they begin to circle the, the very deep question, and they go round and round regarding the question of, What's my identity? Now, everything that's happening in the world, both in the chaos, in the chaotic world, and in the world that hopefully is not chaos, is always mirroring each other. If there's one question that we see our generation is dealing with throughout the world, is the question of identity. It's not stum. These were not questions people had 20, 30 years ago. And if they had them, they were still or hate. You know, that means it's like, shake it, quiet. It's all a question of identity now. And it's showing up in so many different areas. So because we see it some, uh, somewhat in a more chaotic state of being, it also means that it's really a question that we have to answer ourselves. What is our identity? That's why, by the way, I'm just not pushing any political agendas here. I'm just sharing a thing that I thought is that when Moshe Feiglin came out with his party called Zehut, everyone thought he was going to he was going to, remember when he was in the first, I don't remember which, <laughs> which election, election <laughs> but, <laughs> at all, right? Maybe it was the first one out of four? Mm-hmm. Well, there were four, right? Mm-hmm. Five. Five? Four. I think the first one, the first one, he comes onto the scene, and he has a party, and what's the name of it? Zehut. He's like, let's figure out what our identity is. Let's actually, we're under the assumption we know what it is. Let's write it out. Let's figure this out. Because he understood the calling that people, especially the young generation, has is, I want to understand what my actual identity really is as a Jew, as an Israeli living in Eretz Yisrael. What's my identity? And, he, and with shock, I mean, crazy, everyone thought that he was going to go into the Knesset, start with like, I don't know, the polls were like 11, he's going with 11 seats. He didn't, he didn't even cross the, the threshold. So... Rav Sasson is telling us that what's burning inside of the nishmat of the soul of the people, is really this question of identity. What actually is our identity here? And the more that that's neglected, the more that all the other areas that we're trying to go with advancements, we're going to hit our head in the wall over and over and over again. Because the soul, at this shlav in life, you, you just can't ignore the soul. You can't ignore the soul. You'll keep on running into crisis after crisis after crisis. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the place that he explains. If you turn the page now on Kuf Yudalid, I'm sorry, those that don't, I, I only photocopied from where we're going to start to learn inside, but just if you see, if you see the, 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 the paragraph that begins, Vishlachti Ra'av Baharetz, it's one of our favorite songs from the prophet Amos. So amazing, we're learning words from the prophet Amos. Amos is buried about, 12 minutes from here, Kever Amos, right here between, you know, on the way to Tkoa, uh, from here to Tkoa, you have Kever Amos right there at the Tzomet T. You've noticed it before? The Kever of Amos Hanavi? 
When you drive to Tko, really? When you drive to Tkoa, uh, Adina's from Tkoa. Adina, you've noticed the prophet Amos, no? The, the... No, no, not if you know the prophet. I'm saying the drive home from here, when you get to the T-junction and you make the left to Tkoa, it, right across the street there is the, is the kever of the prophet Amos, Amos Anavi. Yeah, it's right there. And his, you learn something on every drive home, you know? Every drive home. Amen. What, what are the most, I mean, the Prophet Amos, I personally relate to him so much mainly because of the, the beautiful prophecy that he said. Shlomo used to sing this, Days are coming, there'll be a hunger in the world. The hunger won't be for bread, the thirst won't be for water. What will the hunger and the thirst actually be? To hear the word of Hashem. Days are here. It's not days are coming. Hineyamim po. Days are here. They're here already. What are, what are the days that are here? Like, if you listen really closely, beneath the surface of all the, all the chatter, the hunger, the thirst, this non-satiated state of being is to actually hear the word of Hashem. And we know that the days of feeling guilty over not hearing the word of God just from text, they're done. We're not feeling guilty over it because the soul is reaching a place of saying, there's got to be more. There has to be more. And this is the Shlava Sheni, like he says. So just read the, the, the words from the, the, the quote from Amos Hanavi. What's his name? Um, Rebo also has a, a beautiful song with these words, right? You don't know this song? It's one of my favorite songs of his. People are going to be wandering all over the place to seek counsel from the wise people, from friends, I don't know. And everyone's going to be a grace eights a giver. That means a, a, a tremendous... Uh, huh? Advice giver, but people are looking for something more than that. Everyone's looking for something more than that. They're not going to find it. People are going to eat alif. That means uh, faint. They're going to looking and looking and looking and be like, I'm so thirsty and nothing's satiating my thirst. So this is the perfect a moment to now understand where are we. Part of the process of Geula is venatati lachem lev chadash, giving you a new heart. What does that mean to get a new heart? It's a nice. It's not just poetic, you know. Well, beautiful. You get a. You receive a new heart. Ma kavanapo. What's what's the meaning of such a thing? I mean, I don't know anyone that would say, um, "I'm good." Like my heart's good. Everyone wants this new, everyone wants a new heart. But not everyone understand what, understands what that actually means. Okay, so now, from the pages that you have in front of you, Dav Kuf Tedvav. And if, I'm just saying, if the chevra from, anyone from Rav Sasson's chevra that put out these svarim are listening to us right now or learning with us online, we're all, say amen to this so that they could actually believe me, we're all... Uh, begging for reprints so that we could learn the Torah better and more closely. Amen. That was real. That's a real people. They need more svarim. <laughs> I can't, the only thing I can do, I don't run this. They need, I can't print this. They need more svarim. Okay. Let's sharpen these words. Let's sharpen the understanding of the place that we're in. Randaf Kuf Tetvav. Cheshek Halev, the passion of the heart. Behet Em Lishlava Geula. This is the meaning of the word komemiyut. There are two stages. We've said this so many times. The stage of the redemption of the body, which to a certain extent, not all of Am Yisrael is here yet, but to a certain, to the largest extent we've had since Churban Bayit Sheni, that has been taking place, the redemption of the body out of Galut, home. 
בשלב הופעת הנשמה בקרבנו, and the peace where the soul appears in our midst. That, much more שבח, hasn't really happened yet. שני השלבים הללו אינם תהליך שמתרחש מחוץ לעם ישראל, אלא בתוכנו פנימה. These two things are taking place within us, not that are happening outside of us externally. These are all, these are both pieces that must take place inside of us. It's not that anymore that we're going to be following the lead of someone. The lead will be people directing you to discover your own soul in the Nekuda of Shekhinah that is by you. That is the next Shlav, which is something we're not accustomed to. We're still accustomed to following, looking for the leader, the Chulei. And this, what, what he's saying over here is these things are taking place inside of us, especially the Hofa'at of the of the neshama, the soul appearing inside. Hem kmo ta'alich g'dila shel adam, like the way a person grows up, shekol shlav b'chaim, at every stage in life, adam mishtokek mitocho lefatech ulivnot et oto ha'shlav. At every single stage in life, a person longs from within to develop and to build that themselves at the state that they're in. Anochnu nitchafim mitochenu litzmoach velikdol. We're being pushed, really, the... The real moments of growth in life always come from us pushing ourselves from the inside. The real moments, the real stages where I could sense that gadalti, tzamachti, I've grown, is not because someone explained something to me, but that I've gone through an experience. I have been my, my greatest Rebbe. You know, the, the, today with the Kolel guys, we're starting the whole, we're doing three months now. Uh, I say that, it'll probably be more like five months, but we're doing, we're beginning to delve into the world of the Piyasets and Rebbe, and I've been thinking, and I've been thinking for like a few weeks already, where, where to begin? How do, how do I start? And on Shabbos, I remembered, Baruch Hashem, when my Tiferet became Bat Mitzvah, we spent the year learning, we went, we learned the whole Sefer, Chovas HaTalmidin, student's obligation, and that, the Rebbe said, when you learn my Svarim, go through that order, start with Chovat HaTalmidin, the student's obligation. And there was a point the Rebbe repeated over and over again in Chovas HaTalmidim, those of you that have learned it remember this, where the Rebbe says to children, you have to remember, there is a teacher in the classroom, there is a Rebbe in shul, but you are your greatest mechanech. Tells us to children, he doesn't tell educators, to let, he says to children, I understand, it is, like, you can get away with anything, but at the end of the day, for you to advance, you have to realize you are your greatest educator. You're your greatest mechanech or mechanechet. It's like giving the child the whole world when they could really hear those words. I feel like with what he's saying over here as well, at every stage in life, the stages that show me that I truly grew doesn't mean <coughs> I finally started going to a shul that davens in a certain style. Look at me, I've grown. That sounds very shvach. That doesn't, that sounds pretty shallow. I finally started hanging out with certain group of chavra. They're, they're more deep. That doesn't attest to the, the real evolution, the real shlav, aliyat madriga in life. You we know that. I found Shirat David. And no, then. I'm joking. <laughs> but it does feel elevated to find a place that speaks to you. Elevated, yeah. But the shlav we're talking about, what we're speaking about over here, is that you could really sense that I have gone through work that has got me to grow can only happen after you attach yourself to whatever works for you. Is that clear? Bechol shlav b'chaim, third line from the bottom of this paragraph, at every stage in life, יש לנו, הלוואי, בעזרת השם, everyone should feel this, יש לנו חשק גדול ודחיפה עזה אל אותו השלב. Hopefully we're, this is sad when people stop feeling passionate about anything, but really, at any, any shlav in life where we're moving towards something, you feel you get a sense of a tremendous cheshek, a passion, and a push, an inner strong push to go and move forward, weiter, to the next stage. Now, this is the trick. But then, when Kita Aleph finished, then the passion of the heart leaves the previous shlav that you were just in, where you were certain this is your identity. This is me. And then you grew up. You grew up. 
And then he says, Umatri lechapesta shlava ba. And then what begins to look for the next shlav? The cheshek of the lev, the passion of the heart, starts looking for the next shlav. And here's something very important. Very, very important. When I grow spiritually and I realize I'm in a different place, if I have a need to knock the lower place that I was before, it means I don't honor my own path. I don't really give cover to what I've had to go through in the world, in life. Sometimes I meet, we spoke about this years ago, you meet Hevra that, I saw this all the time, Hevra I'd meet, like, you know, rainbow gather, hippie gatherings and, and all these different places when they didn't know the difference between Aleph and Bez. Then, and they got, you know, you told them, like, there was a concept called Kiddush and they blew their minds that this thing called Kiddush. Then they end up in about truly Yeshiva and you meet them 10 years later and they give you a gefilte fish handshake. You remember we spoke about this once? Mm-hmm. You know what gefilte fish handshakes are? It's like they're not even, it's like, there's no stamina, there's nothing. Barely looking at like. And they begin to, Kivyachol, start looking lower at who they were and the people that were with them when they were at a much lower level in life. And they don't really respect it anymore. I have friends that I don't, I don't really see them that much, I don't spend so much time with them. That I know that Rav Weinberger pulled them out of Sha'ol Tachtis. He pulled them out of the lowest level in the world, right? Mamish, the lowest places <coughs> pulled them out of there. But they felt like they needed to feel like they're more sophisticated and deep. So, Shurim, I'm like, beloved Mishkan Evne, that's for the, you know, that's for the, low, the, lower, the lower levels. And they can't relate anymore. It's such a chisaron, it's such a blemish, meaning when we, when we diss the places we came from, what we had to go through, we're, we're not honoring ourselves. We're not honoring, the, we're not honoring the design that Hashem had for us. And it comes from an insecurity. It come, we could speak about this for a long time. It's not the point of the shir, but it's a point I wanted to make. What he's saying over here is that at every shlav in life, when there's a push to move forward, to, when there's a push to experience and to grow, it's the cheshek of the heart. It's the passion of the heart that, that feels it. What happens then is that to continue the search, continue the growth, the passion of the heart then is looking for something deeper, something, something greater, something bigger. The confusion happens, though, when I can't identify myself anymore with where my passion of the heart was previously. But you have to honor it at every stage in life. So Rav Sasson is saying, at this next stage in life, wherever we're going to describe where we're at right now, it's that the passion of the heart is saying more. Give me more. But it's not dissing what was. And that's very important when we're looking at Eretz Yisrael. It's very important to not diss the first 75 years. What's important, though, is to recognize that the passion of the heart is not found in the way that it manifested the first 75 years anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not satiating, it's not answering today's calling because we're growing up. It's like a person that's shocked that the clothes that fit them when they were four don't fit them anymore when they're seven. And they're trying so hard to put it on. But this worked. It, it worked when you were four. Notice I'm not saying anything from the age of, like, I don't know, 15. I don't know when it starts, 16. But, that, but, but at the ages where there's a clear, you know, change in physical growth, so we're not shocked that we have to buy new clothes when it comes to physical growth, but we're shocked, pressured, threatened when we have to buy new spiritual clothes at a later stage in life. And we shouldn't be. We should be happy, because it's, it's, if we need, if the same clothes work for us all these years, the spiritual levushim working for us all these years, zelotov, that's not good. That means there's been no growth, there's been no advancement. It means there's been no development of the passion of the heart, and you're stuck in the same place. This is where we are. Kach gam am Yisrael, in the bottom paragraph. So too in the life of Am Yisrael. Kshe'am Yisrael amad lifnei ha-shlav ha-rishon shel kibbutz galiyot u-binyan ha-aretz before we were beginning this first stage of Geula, which meant 
a mass aliyah in coming home and building the country. Where was the inner passion of the nation? It was all focused and driven towards this first shlav. The passion was put into labor, into physical growth, into action. We all were so, right? All of the, in this first shlav, it was all put in towards, let's get, let's work on getting everyone home as much as possible, and let's build, let's grow, let's develop kibbutzim. Let's build the country, let the infrastructure be the focus, and, every, and everyone's passion was solely put into that. Bekavanatenu el shoresh hachayim shelanu, or hashchina, shehi manbi'a bekirbeinu et haratzon ha'amok anogea lekulanu el geulat Yisrael. And our kavanat, which was heading towards the source of life, which is the light of the Shekhinah, which sprouts from there within us, the deep ratzon which touches all of us, was El Geulat Yisrael, was, but, but it, was, it was on the, on the more quiet realm. It wasn't on the top, right? Even though it was, meaning what he's saying over here is it's true, that the focus was more on a physical structure, the, the cheshek of the heart, was, was more towards building, 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 but in its root, and Rav Kook saw this by everyone, in its root, it was basically saying, this is the way towards discovering the source of our life. We have to do this first shlav now. And in the heart of heart of hearts, mamash, deep beneath all the surface, and like I said, Rav Kook would, could see this in people, that was the real drive, right? That was the real drive beneath the surface. This came to expression through the passion of the, the hearts of the masses to come to the land and build it. This great, tremendous pioneer spirit, which was the story here for many, many years. Complete dedication and commitment to building the actual land. It was like There was such a fire in the hearts of many. That was fire. When was the last time you were mamish on fire to plant a vineyard in Eretz Yisrael? Even when you say those words, what is that shayachto? Even though it's not true, it, sh- it still is the most holiest thing in the world, but in terms of the cheshek of the am, when was the last time someone said to you, listen, let's go, uh, I mean, now they're saying it because we're going down south and helping the chaklaim, helping the farmers, and the whole agriculture chavra that got, that mamish been suffering. But that used to be like the hottest thing you could do. That was like the most, the soul was on fire. The soul, my mother was, was um, she came here to kibbutz for a few years when she was, uh, I think, after, I think either, either, I think maybe 20 or 20, I don't remember exactly what age, Kibbutz Beirot Yitzchak, those of you that know their kibbutz, she was in Hachshara there, and any description of what life was like, it all had to do with like, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the land, it's, that was fire, that was, the, that was the passion, that was everything, right? It was like, bottom line, with determination, with commitment, without stopping. The nation gets up and starts moving towards its land. With such passion and such fire. It's clinging to the land. And with Mesir's Nefesh, it was committed to building it and developing the land. Om Nam. And this is, welcome to our, this shir. This is, Mamash, I feel like this shiur is the point of everything we've been learning. Mamash. Because this, this describes, what is that? Do you hear that? Is that music? Is that coming out of speakers here? Maybe it's someone's phone. Okay, maybe someone's phone is on. Okay, do you think it, no, 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 I, I, think, I think it's someone's, I think it's someone's, ba- I think someone's phone is this on playing music. I'm sorry. Okay. Om Nam. 
It happens to me all the time, by the way. Like just, <laughs> all the time. I call people all the time. I don't know. I just I never turn off my uh, my thingy that well, my phone. Omnam. Me'az ota hatkufa miyuchedet. But since that precious time, since that special time, Shava ruach am Yisrael, Sheba ruach am Yisrael aitam le'alat, Shiltchia ve'kibutz galiot, from the time that what used to get us all riled up was like, oh my God, we're coming home. We're building the land, right? This is really painful, but it's, I think it's the truth. He says, since the time, that special time, when the Ruach of Am Yisrael was filled with fire of resurrection and the ingathering of exiles, when we look at things, it seems that maybe there's some nesiga. That word means retreat. It means moving away. But from that same great spirit that used to really take hold of tremendous pieces of the Am. That doesn't seem like that's working anymore. Nachon? Or am I crazy? You're right. 1973, the first big Mecha'ah. Stuff started crumbling. I, I was giving it a bit more, few more years than maybe till like, maybe because I'm so uh, stuck in my own Aliyah year. I want to feel like 89 people were still like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was definitely the situation in the beginning. Every time you all came, there was always this, this Ruach Hitchadshut. And they were all enthusiastic. Right. And those of us who were here and were jaded already were like, oh, tell us something we don't know because we can't <laughs> do it anymore. No, really. It was, it was really important for us to get that refresher. Yeah. I mean, it should be, like, why isn't it that, like, when, when Nefesh Benefesh has their flights, that, that you know, the, 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 rece- the reception at the, that many of you experienced, like, the reception at the airport, that whole malach should have, should, I mean, again, this is going to sound a little confusing to some of you that have made Aliyah the last few years, those receptions at the airport should have, should, like, should be, should satiate the soul of the people like never before. That's what it was doing for many years. Now it's gewalt, it's great, you have a minister there making sure he's taking a picture and everything. I came across a picture I must have saved a few years ago. I don't know what, what context it was. It's going through a phone or computer. And I saw a picture of an Ethiopian uh, teenager. And he was wearing a, 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 like this like crumbled tuxedo with a red bow tie coming off the plane. And, and just looking like this, right, looking like this, it was unbelievable. And then bowing down onto the ground and kissing it. You know, you, you still have some of these moments like this, but it's not, it used to be like this all the This is what it was always about. Rabbi Riskin told us the greatest story, how, I, I think I shared it once, how uh, he met with a group of Yidin that made Aliyah from Ethiopia, and when they came, they made Aliyah, and then he met with them at an absorption center. And then they had their first meeting with someone, the Raviskin met with them right afterwards. And when he came into the room, they all started crying hysterically and tearing Kriya. Did I tell you this story? He started, they started crying and tearing Kriya after they made Aliyah from Ethiopia. It's not jumping on a plane at JFK and coming here. You understand? It's all Mifzah. Why? Because according to their tradition, they never knew that there was a Churban Bayit Sheni. So all the years that they were in Ethiopia, dreaming of coming to Eretz Yisrael, they thought they were coming to the base of Megdash. What a crazy story, huh? We just accepted, oh, we're coming back to a base of Megdash, let's Eretz Yisrael. But it wasn't always, there, there, there's a, you know, there are people that it, it's mamash. It's something crazy, right? This used to be the driving fire that people had to come here and build. That was it. That's, that's what, and now we're looking at it and we're like, I don't know, today when someone builds something, especially if it doesn't follow green line, like it's, it's horrible to even say a green line, but you know what I mean? Everything becomes like a dispute. Like, oh, that's good or that's bad. And then it's more and more tension. When you sh- it used to be that all those things were the clearest signs of Mashiach and nothing less. And yet those same things, when it comes to building an infrastructure of the land, seem to be causing more friction between the people 
than Geula amongst the people. That's what it looks like. That's what it seems like. So let's b- back inside. We're in the third line. Halat v'amesirut leman klal am Yisrael u'lebinyan ha'aretz nirim kenech l'ashim. It seems you see less like mesirut nefesh on these in these endeavors. The things that define their mesirut nefesh, the first seventy-five years, it seems like it's less and less of it. And instead of these national chukot of the heart, everyone has their own little personal, individual passion of, I want this, I want this. It's such a funny word. You know what that means? Huh? No, for, what? that's what the translator does. They, they know. Bourgeoisie-ish, Yeah. <laughs> How do you say bourgeoisie-ish in proper, uh, in, in, like, in like nice, simple English? <laughs> the self-pampering, no? You understand where, he, where he's taking it? Like this, like, oh, I could have this and this and this and this to myself here. Look, you could live like this here. These are all getting more of an expression. And you see, by certain people, they've become so fixated over material questions, which Bichlal was not the, nothing to do with the way we started this country. Um, and it's not part of the Shlav of the Geula at all. That's a complete foreign way, understand? Even though, like, we always were big on, like, okay, live comfortably with that being the focus has nothing to do with why we're back in Eretz Yisrael. Nothing. Nothing. Chavra asked me all the time about you know places to live, v'chulei, and it's true that you have to make sure that you're living physically in standards that you feel like a mensch. But Eretz Yisrael is not the place where you come here to see how big your house could be and how much you could personally yeah, it just doesn't. It won't work like that. Like if that's the kivun of the am, mm-hmm. that wasn't the purpose, and it's not that. And we see that the more that these things arise, the more there's like a national cheshek of the lev that decreases, and that's been the situation the last, definitely the last ten, fifteen years. Where is this great, tremendous spirit? Did it go? Where's the great spirit? Shoalim lev. The deep, the deep heart ones are asking. Where did the spirit go? The lovers of the nation that are demanding, demanding the good of the people. You know what zika means? There's a better word for it. Zika is a... Huh? Affinity. Affinity, yeah. Where's the affinity today? Where, 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 where is it? What is it? Ben amakom boa levavot nimtsaim uven oto talich gadol shechil bedorot akodmim. There's a big gap, Chavra. There's a really big gap between the two. You you see what he's saying over here, right? There's a tremendous gap. Yeah. It's all true before. Hundred percent. But now it's in our face. Now it's in our face. Right. Like, Ari Ben Tavnik was saying yesterday, um, and Chavra said he he was writing in the But if we look, look deeper, namash deeper, umevinim If we look deeper and deeper, and we realize and we admit that the whole resurrection of the people and the ingathering of the exiles and everything that we worked on in Komat Haguf, when it came to the labor, when it came to the first 75 years, 
only came really in its roots from Kol Dodido Fik, right? Only came from there, really in its origins. That's what led the response that was more like a like a pioneer Eretz Yisrael, like let's put on those Koba tembels and pick oranges. Like what really led, what really ignited that was the soul, was, a, was the Shekhinah saying, I'm moving back home. It, it happens slowly and it happens like this. So if we, if we acknowledge that, he says, well then the, the question becomes even more difficult. Ha'im chalila ota peimat chayim she'izrim ha'ruach kabira ba'am Yisrael ne'elma me'itanu? Did this pulse of life that was flowing, this exalted spirit in Am Yisrael, become ne'elam me'itanu? Did we lose it? Is it ne'elam? Is it... Uh, ne'elam doesn't just mean hidden over here. It means, did it, did, did, did it, did it go... Huh? It's almost like lost. Did we lose it? Now, anyone that's not willing to wrestle with that question, it, it's a problem. We have to wrestle with that question. The, 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 <coughs> The guilt emuna says, no, no, don't ever say such things. It's not true. Hashem is good. Everything's good. It's always with us. But you have to wrestle with this question because we have to, we have to acknowledge that there's a whole ruach here that like we said last week in Shir, when you, today, the word meshichi, oh, is it in the menshir? Today, in Israeli culture, when you say the word meshichi, that's a derogatory uh, connotation. Do you know that? Messianic. Meshichi, Messianic. When you say Meshichi, that's, you, you're trying to be labeled as, oh, the Meshuganas, the ones that are putting everyone in danger. Do you know that? What's that? Uh, when you say someone's Messianic, in English, uh, it, it's more right. Meaning, uh, I'll try to explain like this. When you say it in English... Uh, only because of, I think, like the influence of Christianity. So when you bring it into the Hebrew, in a Jewish context, it freaks you out. But if the, if the whole purpose of coming back to Eretz Yisrael isn't Meshichi, then what is it? Then it's then it's then it starts with Herzl and it ends with Herzl, which is not at all what we're doing here. I hope everyone understands. It doesn't end with Herzl. Right, I grew up with him with a picture. He was on. There was a picture of him in our in our from in our religious school. A picture of Herzl on the wall. Then I started asking a few questions. Like as I got older, I was like, "Wait a second, you know." I always was looking for his keeper because I saw such a chassidish beard. I was always every angle. I was always looking for his keeper. Then they then I started reading things about him. Like, no, something, something, something is why. And the question is, why did Hashem choose that it should be through it? I have no idea. I just know we're here right now. But in Hebrew, I'm bringing it back to the context we're in right now. When someone from a more, a less religious or more left-wing party speaks about the dangers of the right, they always use the word Meshichi as a negative, scary, threatening thing. Are you aware of this? So you don't, you don't, you don't hear. You don't, Baruch Hashem, you don't listen to any of this stuff. That's a good sign. They always say this. Has anyone else heard this? Am I crazy? Has anyone else heard this? Yes, you've heard this all the time, right? Meshichi. Right, right. Hem meshichim, hem kitzoniim, hem. But that's that's because that's that's only because. But this is why. Where does it stem from? is that the people that really built this country, let's face it, most of them, that were acting upon this first, it would, the whole Meshichi, the whole Messianic, redemptive engine was so hidden. It was so beneath the surface. It was so nistar. It was so concealed for some reason. But now we're at the shlab that it can't be concealed anymore because we're not growing. We're not developing. We're not... We're not moving forward. There's, we're not really moving forward. We're just existing. We are surviving, Bezrat Hashem, not thriving. Yeah. I just want to say that also, you know, um, at that point when they came to Israel, they were just holding on to something because it had just come from such a horror. But the Messianic period is like something that they wasn't in their, not their consciousness, but they didn't know exactly 
נכון. Even they even have a problem with that word if they if they used it too much. Geulatim. Well, but I just want some important footnote here. Where I'm, I wasn't even referring to um, post-Holocaust. The ones, the, the, the Chalutzim began, began before the Holocaust, right? The Yeshuv HaYashan, the Yeshuv HaChadash, there were already thousands of Jews that were coming back here. And the Holocaust, of course, afterwards it added to that element of people that are holding on to, you know, for dear life. But again, to, to put it back into how we're understanding it is that Besedeh, for, for however many years you want to say, it wasn't necessary because it was all about Komat HaGuf. Baruch Hashem, don't diss it. What was driving that engine, the Aremuna tells us, was that the Shekhinah was saying, I'm about to come home. This is how we prepare. We have to have a Mishkan. Ve'asudi Mikdash Beshechanti Mitocham. So we have to have a Mishkan. We have to have a physical place to do it. Some would take it a step further and say, how could it be we, that we didn't start building Beis Mikdash when we started coming back home?
living comfortably and figuring out how I could just make the most. Can you imagine if I knocked on the door and saying, listen, I, I feel it's really important for me to tell you that the reason why you really lost your husband or your father is because the Shechina, are you kidding me? I'd be, it'd be the biggest Chilul Hashem and I'd be thrown out of there before I could know it, right? It, that's not, they did their, their, their Zman, they did their Tkufa, they did their, their job, that generation. They play a, a role that they'll get the revelation when Hashem decides to reveal it to them. It's about now, the, the next generation. It's about what we're praying for, a mass aliyah of people that are coming to Eretz Yisrael with this type of consciousness. That's why I feel like that's mamash tzavasha. Mass aliyah, thousands and thousands of Jews that are coming on the level of komat neshama, living in awe and humility before the whole generation that went through komat aguf. The problem is, is that so many people that they don't know how to bridge the two. So many people with all these high spiritual aspirations don't know how to respect someone that doesn't keep Shabbos or keep kosher, but somehow they were driven to give their lives for Eretz Yisrael, and they don't know how to respect that. And the bridge has to be the, the, the light of the Hasidah, the light of the Shekhinah, that brings Shalom between these two, these two generations, between these two ways of, of looking at things. People are so threatened that if I start to respect those types of people, it'll start to do stupid things to my mind and I'll start to deflect and, and, and go... I, did I show you the, the, the audio from Rabbi Asher Weiss from Passaic a few weeks ago? Rabbi Asher Weiss was asked a shail. I have it. I have this recording. He was asked a shail. It's gonna, you're, you heard this one? The, oh. It was even something else. Can you believe it? Oh, but the other thing was... <laughs> you figured out all the triggers. So this was this was your trick. This 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 blew me this blew me away, and I'm bringing it up to to for our responsibility. I'm, not, I'm only saying it for responsibility. I'm not mentioning any names because I actually don't know who the people that were asking it were. I just know they're definitely not from here. Okay. Reb Usher Weiss is a gone kodesh kodesh. Yeah, Hashem, we had the privilege of. I saw Rabbi Usher last week. He remembered uh, the night we had. It was, you know, it was like 85 years ago. It was last year, the night before Lagba Omer. Rabbi Usher Weiss came and gave a shir here. It was a tremendous moment for the shul, for the kehila. This is one of the sarei ha-Torah, mamash, a sar Torah. If, that, if you understand what that means. Like a, he's princely. He's, 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 he's noble. He's, even his accent, like, he could say words, bemet, like, like, Umbrella, and you f- you feel elevated. <laughs> he, the way his even his his lashon is so refined. He was asked. I already told you what town, but I don't know where the chaver where they're originally from because I think they traveled to see him. What does Rav Usher have to say about the chashash that you know certain Rashi Yeshiva said that you shouldn't say tefilot lechayalim? Why? Wait, 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 hold on before your blood starts to boil. Why? Because maybe then they'll be overtaken by such a passion and such a drive to, to, like, to be connected to people that are living with such a drive, and it may chas v'chalila otam to eventually choose to want to be a chayal. Okay, the shaila itself is... Did I give it... Did I say, say it right? I think it was also like chinuch for the kids. And how do we mechanach the children to daven for such a thing? So this, I heard this question, and I paused, and I begged Hashem, I, I didn't continue, I said, I need to know why someone just sent this to me, so I could figure out what I'm supposed to do with this, without losing my, absolutely losing my mind, that I live in the same world, with Jewish people, that talk like this. Hare. I am so much more connected to the treif eating Mechala Shabbos Yid that lives in a kibbutz down south infinitely than I'll ever be to someone that could ask such a shayla. That's not the type of person that I'm talking about that I'm thinking about as part of this mass aliyah with the Ora Shechina to connect both generations, you understand? But they will be. They will be. When there's enough real Ahavas Yisrael here, they will be. And they'll beg Mechila forever, and their Rashi Yeshivas will come begging, begging forgiveness 
from every chayal and every year that they ever did anything, they will beg Mechila for ever even having such questions. Ever. So I'm proud to say, I was waiting to hear what Rabbi Usher was going to say. How, how, how is he going to respond? Because that's, that's really what I, you know, I didn't care whether... And he said in his, like, in his noble manner, he basically said, any Rosh Hashiva that says something like this, it's time for them to pass the mantle on to the next type of... This is... And, 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 and he said, and I'm going to stop now before I... Right? Before I get to that, right. We should stop this now. And I was so... Like, part of me didn't want him to stop. I wanted him to, you know, like, like go strong. But he said, I think we're going to stop this now, right? Rabbi Twilight Jacobson had a shear. I saw it, yeah. topic, he was in such pain, and he was enraged. And he told it like this, as she kissed the feet of the The fact that it's a... That should be, like, as obvious as it is that you say shahakal before water. Like, I don't even know how this became a... I have no idea how this even became a... Fear for their community. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole insecurity. It's nothing to do with the avoda of the bridging of the, of the, mm-hmm. of the gaps that we're in right now. There's nothing to do with it. It's a, a lev chadash that we're hopefully to receive. It's not the lev that says, if we get a lev chadash, everyone will just be from. You realize that's not, Hashem can do that. Like that, that's not the, that's not, that's not how I look at, I've ever looked at anything. That's not how I understand any of this Torah. Mm-hmm. What the question that's concerning Rav Sasson is, did the Shechina come and take a peek in 1948, let's say, and was hanging out in 67 for sure, and it kept on like saying, can you, can you, can someone here please answer the door fully? Mm-hmm. And it saw that people chose to say, we appreciate you, thank you so much, pretty Shechina, holy Shechina, but... It's it's two thousand and twenty-four. It's it's us now. It's yeah. And and he's saying he's saying you have to address that question. Of course, the answer is no, because we have a moon. It can't be that that's the answer. But on the surface, the answer is, to a certain extent, yes. Meaning, you're answering it as a people. Like your answer, what do you want? What do you want? What is your identity? What what is it that drives you to come back to this country and build it? What is the purpose of it? What is your zehut? What is your identity? It's an identity crisis, and it's touching upon the nerves of of anyone that has feels a sincere love and concern for Klal Yisrael. The Shechina is saying, "Listen, I I." I where, he's saying, do, do you wonder, maybe the aura of Shechina, that Zrima, just like, said, listen, I'm trying to get through the cracks, but it doesn't seem like they're, that that's really the interest, the, the interest here. And anyone that says, oh, there's Divik Fira, it's Kima, Kima, it's slowly, it may work for the older generation. It will not work for the next generation. It won't. It won't. It won't. I'm, I've told you so many times. I'm so careful with those PC answers to, to my children. I never give my children those answers because I, I don't believe at all that that is the Ashkafa of today. It can't be. Listen, we're, we're living in a traumatized war. 40 rockets were fired in Reb Shon Bar Yochai and Shabbos. We're just like, okay, so Boke Tov, good morning, Shavuot Tov. A beautiful Ethiopian Shoteret was, was killed this morning in Jenin. Another person they thought was a Yid, was an Israeli Arab, was killed a few, two hours ago in Binyamin. It's not, at what point do, does the Shechina like, going to knock hard enough on the door and say, listen guys, you just make a decision. Why are you here? Why are you here? What is the purpose? What is the purpose of you being here? Can you, can you yourselves answer it? And, and whatever the answer is, just, just say it. Just say it. So I want to just, I, I really want to finish this, this paragraph. I know we're late, but this is very important. Achalo, fourth line from the bottom. Achalo nekudat haratzon apnimit shel kol ha-ma'alach hi-inyan eloki. Our emunah is, this is all a godly, as much as it doesn't look like it. 
Because people like Herzl were the ones that had a vision, like the Chosea Medina, as long as it doesn't look, people that didn't, doesn't seem to be at all, that it was a Ma'alach Eloki, Hit Orerut Shel Knesset Yisrael Achaim, an awakening of the ingathering of Am Yisrael to life, Acharei Alpayim Shnot Shel Galut, of course it's got to be a godly thing, 2,000 years of a hiatus, and then something like this happens, can you explain this naturally? Does it make any sense naturally? Any weakness in the world that stands in front of a godly operation is nothing. Is nothing. We're going to continue right here next week because he answers this question whether it was a retreat or not. But I, I want to I want to say one thing that I think is important for for. For the hopefully a new way of, of looking back at this whole period of time, because there's so much tension in this country between people that that hold like this is a godly thing and that it wasn't a godly thing. It was people that were looking for survival. God stopped talking to us two thousand years ago. The Gamayno, and honor that, respect that. This people, the, the the country is filled with blood, sweat, and tears of many many people that weren't working out of messianic ideologies. They're working on survival mode, right? So I just learned something fascinating last week because I decided I want to learn Zionism from the beginning without any teachers, just me. I want to learn it. So I started going back into the, the origins of Herzl, like everything from the beginning because you understand, those of us that grew up, you hear I have such a you know, fixation over these things because we I was raised with this like very heavy... Datilu, me, Zionist entity that, that, that never, ever spoke to my soul, but I knew that that was the Emmet, because that's how I was brought up, that's how I was raised. You know, uh, uh, this is like, this, this is a crazy thing. You know, Herzl ended up writing a book called Medinata Yehudim, uh, right? And it was like a 60-page essay, but it was, it was it went into a book, and that's what really the, the chazon of the Medina, of the future country, was based on his vision for the Jewish people, right? Now, a year before, okay, I think this is the last few years of the 19th century, you could correct me, I don't remember exactly what year this was. A year before that, he had a different solution for the problem of the Jewish people. One year before, not five years before, not ten years before. One year before that, he, his other solution was mass conversion to Christianity. That every, all the Jewish people should convert to Christianity. So of course, if you're growing up from Torah Kim Chayenu, you're not going to follow the path of someone that a year before thought that everyone should be become Christian, Nachon. Which brings me to the other question of then how in the world did the religious Zionist world how how could they so easily hold so much from someone who a year before having this noble idea of Medinata Yudim had a different idea? Like as much as we change our minds, it's not usually that drastic, right? We're not that, like, Kitsonian, like, different thoughts, either mass Christian conversion or Medinata Yehudim, right? That's what it was. He went through something monumental in that one year that someone just came out with a book three years ago proving that so much of what happened to him during that one year was censored and covered up and concealed, that we don't have any access to really what was going on inside of him that one year. Because he went through some kind of a transformation that had to do very much with a deep connection to something in his Yiddishkeit, which we don't, we'll never really know, because it was all concealed. And, and this person's beginning to like, go through the cracks of this missing year of what was going on in his mind that could lead him from such a mishigas to this conclusion... And it was covered up because it was so threatening that to people that didn't want that to be part of the resurrection of the Jewish people and the rebuilding of the Jewish state. So I'm like like we said on Shabbos that Shalna we say it every year in Parashat Shmot means and I learned it and I'm so happy you're here. It's the first vote I ever heard from your husband, First Torah he ever told me. Yes. First he said it every it's the first Torah he ever told me. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to ever tell me it. I said in Shul this Shabbos, 
remove the locks off your habits, meaning that if you really want to be in a relationship with Hashem, that which you think must be, just get rid of it and be open, because otherwise you can't hear what today is all about. So even all these things that we're fixated on, on this is the way that it is, that's who the person was, this is what I know, and I, even for him, even on someone like Herzl, to figure out a way to realize maybe we don't really know everything. It could be. And on many, many other things in life. Maybe we just don't know. Maybe we just don't know. I don't know. But whatever this opening and removing of locks off of habits should lead us to one place. Addressing the cheshek of the lev today, which you cannot address with old gefilte fish. It won't work. Even if it's the yummiest, it just is not going to work. New fish, new herring, new everything.